This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. From helping older pets think like their younger selves to making cat ownership a possibility for more people than ever, Purina is helping pets thrive so they can live long, healthy, and happy lives. Purina has you covered for all your furry friends' needs, whether they meow or bark. From litter to treats to their best-in-class, nutrient-packed food with taste your pets will love, Purina's got your back at every stage of your pet's life. Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to amazon.com backslash Purina. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to episode 151 with my guest, you, the listener, a month of your surveys. The episode's not going to be a month long. It's actually going to be three and a half weeks. Uh, it's a month of your surveys. Uh, this this episode is sponsored by NatureBox, a monthly subscription service that delivers better snacks straight to you. And not just any snacks. These are the real deal. No high fructose corn syrup, no hydrogenated oils, artificial colors, or flavors. Smarter snacks. Go to naturebox.com to get 50% off your first box with promo code HAPPYHOUR. It's time to get nutritionist-approved snacks that you can feel good about at naturebox.com today for 50% off with promo code HAPPYHOUR. I'm Paul Gilmartin. This is the Mental Illness Happy Hour. A couple of hours of honesty about all the battles in our heads from medically diagnosed conditions, past traumas, and sexual dysfunction to everyday compulsive negative thinking. This show's not meant to be a substitute for professional mental counseling. I'm not a doctor, but I am a hypochondriac. <laughs> this show is, uh, it's not the doctor's office. It's more like a waiting room that uh, that doesn't suck. The website for the show is mentalpod.com. Please go there, take surveys, read how other people filled them out, read a blog, uh, join the forum, uh, support the show, uh, or just sit there and go fuck yourself. It's been a while since I told you to go fuck yourself, and I think it was long overdue. You've been getting a little arrogant. And uh, I needed to put you in your place. Uh, I want to kick things off with a... Oh, you know what? I wanted to give you guys a little update on uh, on how I'm doing. Uh, before that, I started neurofeedback about, um, I guess, about a month ago and wasn't really f- feeling anything. And I'm about 
maybe a dozen sessions in and starting to feel something. Um, finding myself not napping in the afternoon, which is really nice. Um, neurofeedback is basically they hook wires. They map your brain first, um, figure out where the brain waves are coming from, which ones, uh, you know, where you lack good ones, where you have too much of bad ones. And, um, and then they try to retrain your brain through um, having wires on your head and you look at a game and you get rewarded when you produce more of the good brain waves. But it's, uh, it's a lot of kind of trial and error. And uh, I was feeling kind of hopeless that, oh, yeah, just another instance where my fucking brain is, you know, not going to be able to shake this depression. And I feel like I'm starting to come out of it. So it's pretty nice. And uh, I've heard a lot of good things, um, pe- other people that have tried neurofeedback. All right. Uh, I want to give a link out. Um, listener Deborah, God bless her. She is such a supporter of this show. And the link is mentalhealthamerica.net slash slash find support groups. And there's hyphens between find support and groups. Again, mentalhealthamerica.net slash find hyphen support hyphen groups. And I will put this this link on the uh, on the website, and you can also uh, I believe I put that link. I think I retweeted that if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, follow me on Twitter at MetalPod, and uh, I pass along lots of good links and stuff that listeners forward to me. I want to read a, a quote from Viktor Frankl, the uh, Holocaust survivor and author of the amazing book *Man's Search for Meaning*. And he writes, the pessimist resembles a man who observes with fear and sadness that his wall calendar, from which he daily tears a sheet, grows thinner with each passing day. On the other hand, the person who attacks the problems of life actively is like a man who removes each successive leaf from his calendar and files it neatly and carefully away with its predecessors, having first, after having first jotted down a few diary notes on the back. He can reflect with pride and joy on all the richness set down in these notes, on all the life he has already lived to the fullest. What will it matter to him if he notices that he is growing old? Has he any reason to envy the young people whom he sees, or wax nostalgic over his own lost youth? What reasons has he to envy a young person for the possibilities that a young person has, the future which is in store for him? No thank you, he will think. Instead of possibilities, I have realities in my past. Not only the reality of work done and love loved, but of sufferings bravely suffered. These sufferings are even the things of which I am most proud, although these are things which cannot inspire envy. Oh God, I wish I didn't need to take meds. Flat out fucking auditory hallucinations. I would literally wake up running from my bed. I'm afraid that I'll pass my anger on to my son. I thought the gunman was my father. Afraid of not being able to make a living. Um, that's probably going to break his heart if he hears it, but that's that's the truth. They committed him to Bellevue. There was this fear that if I feel this pain, I wish someone could see what was going on and just help me, that it will kill me and I will die and I will drown. You can't think your way out of a thinking problem. And I cried the way that a baby cries. I cried like an animal. It makes me so mad at myself that I do that. The burden of perfectionism. And that's when I got to therapy. Let's talk about that. So I was like, fuck it, I'm alive. I don't give a shit about anything. You are a shining example of what is best about human beings. I'm worried that the uh, Russian militia is coming over the hill. I know that, uh, but uh, Alice, how you feeling? I'm 
pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> like this. All right, let's kick it off. This is from the Shame and Secrets survey, um, filled out by a woman who calls herself Besnier, Besnier, B-E-S-N-I-E-R. She's pansexual in her 20s, raised in a totally chaotic environment, which she describes as sodium explosion, exclamation point. Um, She uh, ever been the victim of sexual abuse? Some stuff happened, but I don't know if it counts. Something happened that was bad, question mark. I don't really know. I remember more and more as I get older. I think I'm finally healing enough to remember. Hooray, question mark. Ever been physically or emotionally abused? Um, both. My parents are either making fun of me or screaming at me in every interaction. Fun, fun, fun. They also used to hit me, but I'm a bruiser and stronger than them, so they stopped when I was 16. Not proud of how it got done. Any positive experiences with your abusers? My parents are in the grip of serious mental illness. They were good parents, and then they weren't. It's hard. I do forgive them. Deepest, darkest thoughts. Violence, sadomasochism, my death, blood, blood, blood. I'm a shrinking violet in life. Hitting people makes me cry. The blood thing is that I just like blood. Ooh, me. Yay, blood. (laughs) I like her. Uh, Deepest, darkest secrets. I participated in a fight club at my prestigious college. Those are always the best fight clubs because uh, when the people um, punch... They're wearing an ascot. (laughs) Apparently, this fight club was from the 50s. Uh, She won two fights, then cried on the stairs. I hurt myself to have orgasms. I talk to myself constantly when I'm alone. I fuck my friends and their boyfriends and their girlfriends. Evil. No, I wouldn't say you're evil. I'd say that uh, maybe you're just using a coping mechanism that's kind of primitive. Um, And maybe it'd be good to talk to somebody or get in a support group. Um, I should have a bell that rings every time I uh, throw that chestnut out. Uh, let's see. Sexual fantasy is most powerful to you. Blood. Mm, blood. Being confined, being whipped, holding people down. I feel gross typing it, except for the blood thing. Not ashamed. Um, what would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? I hate you. She's my best friend. That's why. What, if anything, do you wish for? Money. Really not being scared anymore. Uh, Have you shared these things with others? No. Uh, How do you feel after writing these things down? Exhilarated. Why? Question mark. Um, Is there anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? It's okay to be weird. Just don't participate in fight clubs if you're not comfortable with your fun sadism. Even if you want to be supportive uh, of your friends, do not do that. Oh, man, do I like her. Do I like her. This is from the Awfulsome Moments survey. You know, my favorite. This was filled out by a guy who calls himself Wise Mike. He writes, I feel my username is going to be ironic after reading this. When I was in high school, about 17-ish, I was dating my first serious girlfriend. We'd been together for about eight months when she dumped me and started seeing a friend of mine. I was terribly broken up about the whole thing, but still desperately wanted her back. One night, she was waiting for him to come and meet her at a high school basketball game, but never showed up. But I was there, hanging around her like some poor, stupid, sad puppy. When she told me, if he doesn't show up, I'll get back together with you. Um, 
He never showed up and I was ecstatic. We stayed together for another two years. I was as happy as I could be or I thought I was, but looking back on it, I feel sick to my stomach that I was so pathetic and codependent that I allowed myself to be nothing more than a silver trophy. Thank you for that. <coughs> Ooh, I'm new to <coughs> swallowing my own saliva. So uh, forgive me while I <coughs> learn how to do this. This is from the Struggle in a Sentence survey, filled out by Nick. About his depression, he writes, uh, his manic depression, traumatic bonding with a sociopath who forcibly injects you with speed whenever it tickles his fancy. Boy, that's a great one. This is from... Sorry about that. Um, One of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is because I often don't read the surveys that are on the longer side and I feel like they need to be read and I think a survey only show is a good way to do these and this is this is one of them filled out by a guy who calls himself Scarecrow he um, is straight in his 20s raised in a stable and safe environment um, was the victim of sexual abuse and never reported it um, I don't know if this is about his being sexually abused or not, <clears throat> but I'll just read this. He writes, digging deep the last few days after s- discovering your podcast, um, I work 12 hours, 12 hour shifts, and I've found a way to enjoy my day more by listening to many different programs, and one of those just happens to be your show. I've recently become a workaholic due to buying a house and helping support my girlfriend and her wonderful children. I have no regrets, for she is such a wonderful woman. Though she has her own unique emotional spirals, mostly due to her ex-husbands. And enough about her, let's focus on me and why I'm here typing my emotions to the world. While listening to one of your many podcasts today, I realized I was a victim of sexual abuse. This is about it. Uh, I've had it so buried and locked away in my mind that I had completely forgot about it altogether. I had to dig through what seemed like miles of ice to recall my experiences. I was old enough to remember it all in detail, yet so ashamed to to block it out completely for over a decade. I was around 12 or 13, and my cousin, two years older than I, was staying over, uh, whom of which I only say once or twice uh, a year on the I guess he meant who I only see once or twice a year on the occasional holiday. There was some sort of important event happening the following day. At the time, my father had our pop-up camper set up in the backyard, and we had both decided to pretend we were camping. I can't imagine how much inappropriate touching goes on inside tents in the backyard. Um, I think they should start calling uh, childhood tents molesting centers. Maybe not. Might be tough to sell them. Continuing, we stayed up talking for quite a while that night, but I don't recall any of the context. All I remember from that night is the location and the act. He made very curious sexual advances at me in forms of words at first, then they turned into physical actions, eventually performing oral sex on myself against my will. All I could do was disassociate. I remember him being angry afterwards because he wanted me to return Uh, the favor Um, all I could do was lay there in silent fear of him being angry afterwards because he wanted me me to return the favor and all I could oh sorry again the type 
is so small on these um, surveys and uh, it's single spaced and sometimes it's hard to read. I remember my parents finding out about what we were uh, doing in the backyard. This has made things very awkward during family functions because we both buried the experience like it never happened. He even had me stand up in his wedding oh, a few years ago. I don't know how I threw, got through that but I was riddled with anxiety the whole time. It's amazing how you can act like nothing is wrong for the sake of humanity and the old expression, what they don't know won't hurt them. By the way, I had a really similar experience uh, similar experience with a neighbor who was four years older than me, and it was pretty much the exact same thing. He um, put his mouth on me and wanted me to return the favor, and I really couldn't, so I licked my hand and pretended that I was um, that it was my mouth, and after about five or ten seconds, became really uncomfortable. And I didn't stop being around this guy uh, until I was in my mid-twenties. He used to come see my comedy shows, and I always hated it. And I finally just didn't return his phone calls. Um, anyways, he writes, that unfortunately wasn't my worst victim experience. It was just the first. I think my Personality opens me up to a lot more being victimized. Myers-Briggs says I am an INFG. Jay, I meant to look that up to see what that stands for, and uh, I forgot to do that. So uh, you're on your own. I agree with it very much so. I am quite introverted. I am always so eager to help those around me that I have a hard time telling anyone no. Or even confrontation is very difficult. About five or so years Later, I moved away from home after high school. Deciding college um, was my next order of business. By now, mind you, I was pretty heavily into marijuana and alcohol. Looking back on the situation, being 18, 19 in the big city for the first time was too much for me to handle without support. I did quite well my first year in college until I fell in with the wrong crowd. Um, Very young, yet I started to party and drink and lose sight of what was important. Long story short, I ended up getting two DUIs back-to-back within a span of about two months. Um, In uh, uh, the alcoholic world, we call that a tight grouping. (laughs) A little dart reference there for you. And that set me straight down a self-destructive path of being a heavy alcoholic at 19 years old. Let's just say I've always looked older than my age, uh, early bloomer. I dropped out of high school, quit my job, and was forced to move out of my apartment. Luckily, my parents helped pick me back up. It wasn't easy for me to go back home, but it was that or be homeless, which for about two years in between 17 and 19 on my own choosing. They did not agree with my lifestyle choices. Getting back on track. The second DUI was mixed with a felony, elude, and officer high-speed pursuit, something everyone knows about me. I made a stupid mistake when I was a kid, and it haunts me to this day. It is probably a very good thing I can't own a gun anyhow with my bouts of depression, which was clinically diagnosed. Another story for another time. When I was thrown in jail with my bouts of depression, which was clinically diagnosed. Um, I feel like I missed something. Um, during that time, I had some brief lighthearted conversation with an older Gentleman who was also in my community holding cell, I expressed an interest in looking for a motorcycle to purchase in order to save gas money. I gave him my phone number and he contacted me after he was out. I don't even remember why I trusted this man with anything um, being in jail. All I 
know is he manipulated me in every way possible. It started with money and power and promises of more money. It then progressed into a sort of weird friendship. We would meet up randomly during the week for a quick lunch, which he would pay for and just bullshit about our lives. Um, it was his was all lies. Eventually, he got me to come back to his apartment. My logic was pretty foggy at this point. I let him manipulate to the point of him getting the upper hand that he had wanted. He was a man of my same stature, maybe just a bit shorter and about twice the muscle mass. He was a biker, a Harley rider, and that same I'm a badass attitude. And he used his personality to his advantage in all aspects of life. I felt I fell into his trap and all he wanted was acts of sexual satisfaction. I was raped at gunpoint and multiple orifices. It is all a bit of a blur because I remember thinking that death would be more satisfying in that situation. I never had the courage to report it. Honestly, I can't even remember his name because it was so traumatic. Only until now do I realize how much of an effect that had on my psychological outlook. Hell, until... Actually, he wrote heck, which is kind of adorable. Heck, until just yesterday, I'd forgotten all about it for eight years. Isn't that amazing how our brains can do that? I can only imagine what kind of damage uh, it has been doing to my subconscious in that time. So that is my story. Suppose I'm lucky to be alive after all that bullshit. Now to only work up the courage to tell my significant other or even a psychiatrist. How have these experiences not completely destroyed me? I'm a straight man, and I remain a straight man, even after all the evil closet homosexual assholes who used me. If I, if only I could tell another soulmate, um, I would feel a bit lighter. Well, I encourage you to, to do that, especially a professional um, therapist or psychiatrist. Um... He's been emotionally abused. Well, I think that's that's clear from that. Um, any positive experiences with your abusers? Yes, I've had a positive upbringing with my cousin, which is why I always trusted him to do the right thing, although he must have been misguided at some point and projected that onto me. Deepest, darkest thoughts. Suicide. It creeps in more often than I care to admit, although it's easy to dismiss when I hit rock bottom two years ago, I was quite close to going through with it. Other things of sexual nature. I objectify women from time to time. Not all the time, but our culture has me brainwashed from an early age. I have rape fantasies about women. I have seen an obscene amount of pornography of all types. Damn internet makes it so easy. Deepest, darkest secrets. Um, I've been molested and raped by my own gender. It is something I've never shared prior to this. Being introverted, it's been very hard to cope with. Um, sexual fantasy is most powerful to you. I hate myself for all of the fantasies that page through my head. Sometimes I feel my fantasies are much more female ones, though if I were female, I would be bisexual. I guess I still haven't sorted out my sexual preference yet. Um, what would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? If you're going to rape me, kill me first, because at least I won't have to live with that guilt for the rest of my life. Being a male, it seems like there's an even... There's even less support for me, which makes it even more difficult to talk about. I want to encourage you to go to the website oneandsix.org. Um, it's a really great website for uh, male victims of uh, sexual abuse. What, if anything, do you wish for to carry on with my life in an unaffected manner, post-rape, with a woman that I adore? Have you shared these things with others? No. Shame and guilt have buried it deeper than I could ever have imagined. 
How do you feel after writing these things down? Much relief. Step one, maybe? Question mark. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? Pray. Ask for help. Go within. Reach out. Don't do it alone. I have for too long. I just hope it hasn't affected the ones I love thus far. Thank you so much for that. I'm sending you a big, warm hug, Scarecrow. You are not alone. This is from the Awfulsome Moments survey filled out by Squid Monkey. He is uh, in his 20s. He writes, this is 100% true and none of it is exaggerated. When I was about 12, my parents took me and my two younger siblings to Disney World. I fucking love Awfulsome Moments that involve Disney World. The five of us all stayed in one room during the trip, which would have been fine had it not been for what happened one night halfway through the trip. Being a teenage boy, I pretty much masturbated a lot. I, you think you know where this is going, but I guarantee you are wrong. Anyway, at about 11 or tw uh, 12 that night, when all of us were in bed and the lights were out, I started quietly masturbating. That's the best way to masturbate. Quietly masturbating. Uh, it was pitch dark in there, so I felt pretty safe. I think I was thinking about some hot girl or something that I had seen during the day. That was all it took for me to get fired up at that age. I kind of needed to pee during this time as well, so I wanted to get through the process quickly, but then I started hearing noises in the bed next to me, my parents' bed. I remember them as kind of wet, slappy noises. Ugh. I continued masturbating, not sure at the time what I was hearing, although I'm sure this was mostly due to denial. Over time, it became more and more difficult for me to deny the fact that my parents were having sex. When I finally figured it out, I stopped masturbating and tried to ignore the sounds. This part may also belong in your shame and secrets surveys. The sound made me kind of excited. Uh... The masturbating kind of excited over the sounds. Two people were having sex just next to me. The fact that they were my parents made it all kinds of confusing, though. I found it difficult to come because I was starting to need to pee really badly, which made the process take a while. Eventually, however, I did come, and then I laid there and really needed to pee, but my parents were still going at it. I was absolutely horrified at what I had just done, masturbated over the thought of my parents fucking. I was also horrified... I, at what was still happening. They were still going. I wanted them out because it would be embarrassing for all of us if my parents knew I'd been awake. Uh, they got up to go to the bathroom individually, thank God, and I held it. But a little after they went back to bed, I couldn't take it anymore. I was literally going to wet the bed. Maybe I should have. I got up and my parents sat up startled and asked if I had been uh, up the whole time. I mumbled something about having just woken up and needing to go to the bathroom really badly. It was not convincing. I could tell they were horrified. They knew. After they heard me peeing for about two straight minutes uh, through the thin bathroom wall, they definitely had to have known. This was never discussed since. Thank you for that. Oh, I fucking love awful some moments. This is from the uh, Struggle in a Sentence survey filled out by... Uh, woman who calls herself bipolar love about her co codependency she writes i have given him my life my joy my freedom and with every small piece that's lovingly chiseled away i sit frozen unable to stop my own destruction god you guys are so good at describing your struggles 
This is from the Shame and Secret survey, um, filled out by a guy who calls himself Too Open. He is straight, in his 30s, raised in a pretty dysfunctional environment, never been the victim of sexual abuse, some stuff happened, but I don't know if it counts. My mother has been inappropriate to me, and I know I have felt uncomfortable, although I don't know slash remember if it went to a sexual place. By the way, it doesn't have to go to a sexual place. Innuendo, uh, uh, inappropriate. Well, I told you, my dogs get crazy when we start talking about... uh, I'm going to pause. Continuing. Um, My brother used to wrestle with me a lot and pin me down. Often he would stick two fingers in my ass through clothes and think it was funny. I always hated it and hated the feeling of being invaded like that. Um... You ever been emotionally abused or physically abused? Been emotionally abused. Just general dismissing and been made to feel invisible by my family. My dad used to make fat jokes at my expense. My brother always finds a way to make comments about my appearance or something I did wrong to make me feel bad. I've never felt good enough or that I've mattered. Um, Any positive experiences with your abusers? I want to love my family and still miss having a, quote, normal family. It's something I know I will never have, but keep chasing it and pretending I can fix them. Boy, that is its own crazy-making. Darkest thoughts? Not sure what this question means, but I have had sexual thoughts about younger girls, usually always legal. I have sometimes been close or felt intimate enough to other people, sometimes even guys, that I feel like I should kiss them or want to touch them. I don't think it's sexual. It's more of a way to be intimate and feel intimate with them. Deepest, darkest secrets. I dressed up in my mom's underwear and tried on lipstick at an early age. Never went farther than that, but feels good to say. Good for you for sharing the difficult stuff to uh, to share. Um, Sexual fantasy is most powerful to you. Currently, it's a lot of being dominated and powerful. I know, cliche. Also been fascinated with coming inside a girl and either having it be unexpected or surprising, but even sometimes scary. I want her to be overwhelmed and changed by my filling her. Also, for some reason, I recently thought it was amazingly sexy when I had phone sex with someone recently and they screamed, Merry Christmas when they came. I guess it was just being able to control them, and it was just kind of weird and kinky to say. Uh, What, if anything, would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? I wish I could tell you how much I need to feel close to someone. That's so sweet. What, if anything, do you wish for? That feeling of being close, but mostly feeling safe and comfortable and not thinking it's a lie. Have you shared these things with others? I go to therapy as well as a group and express some of these feelings. Intimacy is not intimacy is something I'm working on. It's getting better. Sounds like you're heading in the right direction. Um, how do you feel after writing these things down? Nervous, but also good. Is there anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? Talk as much as you can and try to believe you are not the only one feeling this way and that people can care about you and that it can be a constant. Thank you so much for that. This is from the Happy Moment survey filled out by a woman who calls herself E. 
she writes, watching one of my best friends in the whole world sprint full speed across my imp- apartment to take the tea kettle off the stove just before it started whistling because he knew that sound made me nervous, knowing someone would inconvenience themselves to make sure I wasn't even slightly uncomfortable made me feel so safe, which is something I do not usually feel. I love that. Love that. This is from the Shame and Secrets survey filled out by a person. I don't know if the, if this is their real name. If so, um, some people mistakenly don't don't realize when they fill this out that I, that I um, might make this public. And if it ever sounds like somebody's real name, I just like to um, not read it. Because I have had people email me when they realize that it might be read um, publicly. They want me to go change their, their name or take some information out. And so I like to to be um, safe about that. So I'll just call her CB. She is um, straight, although writes, have dated women and a married couple. She's in her 30s, raised in a pretty dysfunctional environment. Ever been the victim of sexual abuse? Some stuff happened. But I don't know if it counts. I was around 10 years old, and a friend from school, a boy, came over to my house after school one day. He was a classmate, so we were the same age. He was probably a few months older than me. I showed him a book I had found in my parents' dresser. It was The Joy of Sex. He asked me to take off my clothes, and I was okay with that. But then he wanted to touch me the way that the people in the book were touching each other. Uh, with just his hands. I didn't want to do that. He told me I would get in trouble if I told my parents because he wasn't supposed to be there when they weren't home. I was a latchkey kid, so I told him to leave, but he said he would lie to everyone at school and tell them that I forced him to touch me sexually. He did touch my breasts um, and laid on top of me with only his underwear on. I was naked. I think he was just curious as to what it would feel like. The touching wasn't threatening, Um, I was mostly just uncomfortable with the entire situation, just his tactics to get me to go along. I never told anyone. Uh, Ever been physically or emotionally abused? Um, Never been physically, but have been emotionally. Some backstory. Sorry if this is over long. My mother genuinely genuinely believed that she was unable to have another child when she met my father at the age of 21. She had two children from a previous marriage. She was 16 when my sister was born and 18 when my brother was born. She left her very young children in California with her father to move to Virginia where she met my father. She was almost five months along when she discovered she was pregnant uh, with me. She has said that she might uh, have had an abortion had she found out sooner. She has also told me that she never said this. Uh, She left me and my father when I was about 18 months old. She returned about a year later, and my parents remarried. When I was in middle school, she started shaming me about my weight. I was fairly skinny as a kid and developed hips and boobs at about 10 years old. Um, She shamed me by buying me clothes that were about one to two sizes too small. I was really bothered by her choice of clothes. I was really more bothered by her choice of clothes than the fact that they were too small for me. She wanted me to dress like her, a business professional, and I wanted to dress like a normal teenager. We also lived in a fairly rural area. Oh, I tell you, kids on farms love it when uh, one of their classmates shows up in a pantsuit. They, and the probably the second choice would be cool outs. 
She would also try to tell me that uh, I didn't need to eat lunch because she rarely did, but she was a chain smoker who drank three pots of coffee a day. She often refused to give me lunch money or allow me to pack my lunch. A few times I remember her giving me an apple um, to last me the entire school day. I was home by myself after school, the, uh, though, and there were there was always food in the house. She was also an alcoholic and around the same time began sharing highly inappropriate details of her sex life um, with my father uh, while drunk and asking me to take the phone away from her when she made drunken phone calls to her boss. Um, I guess well, she said right while sober. I guess when she was sober, she asked you to take the phone away. She didn't drink every night, but when she started, I knew it was going to be a terrible night. I would often lock myself in my room shortly after she would start drinking to avoid having to deal with her once she became belligerent slash weepy slash overall unbearable. She insisted on cooking dinner every night, but often wouldn't start cooking until 8 p.m., meaning no dinner, and I was forbidden to fix myself anything to eat until sometimes after 9 p.m. and after having an apple for lunch. She also cheated on my father throughout their marriage, usually with random one-night stands, although she did ultimately leave him for one of his, quote, good friends they had both known for over 10 years. Rather than hiding these affairs, she would throw them in his face when she felt like getting it off her chest. Uh, I don't know if she was blacking out or not, but she would often call me a liar when I would tell her what she had done or said the night before. Even while sober, she could never admit to being wrong about anything. When she ultimately left my father, I was 15 years old, she came clean to him about being in love with someone else. She wouldn't say who at the time. On the night we were celebrating his new job, she'd been out of work for about five months at this time. Even though I had absolutely no desire to live with her, uh, I remember asking her when she was leaving if she still loved me. Oh, breaks my heart. Um, I hadn't figured out that this just wasn't a question she was capable of answering, and she just looked at me for about five minutes, unable or unwilling to respond at all. I know a lot of this sounds more like the emotional abuse of my father, um, but I was always very close to him. No wonder, as he was always emotionally supportive, caring, and freaking appropriate if nothing else and she would do this all in front of me uh, i also know that a lot of this makes my dad look like a sort of a wimp for taking her back not standing up to her but he really did love her and thought it was wrong to deny me a complete home uh, neither of us had any way of knowing how much better off we would be without her in our lives until after she was gone my dad was diagnosed with bipolar disorder shortly after she left. He had been drinking to self-medicate. He really started to stand up for himself after going on antidepressants and quitting drinking. He's not perfect either. Uh, I'm not putting him on a pedestal, but I honestly can't imagine how awful my life would have been without him. He doesn't speak to my mother now, but refuses to hate her because he got me out of the deal. Oh, that's so sweet. Another interesting side note to the whole story. My sister lived with us while she was in high school. Uh, she hadn't met my father until then and has now cut off all contact with our mother. She and my father have an amazing relationship and she considers him to be a grandfather to her daughter. Oh, that's awesome. Any positive experiences with your abusers? It was my mother. We had lots of positive mother-daughter experiences until she finally left my father and it was when I was 15 years old. After that, we still speak to one an another but don't have a particularly warm relationship. She says she wants to be more of a part of my life since the birth of my son a year ago, but has only seen her grandson three times since his birth. She lives about two hours away. Deepest, darkest thoughts. 
I was worried that I was going to be a horrible mother and delayed having children because of this. I'm not sorry that I waited, but I hate that I might never have had a child if I hadn't overcome this feeling. I used to dream up ways to torture my old boss, mostly involving shoving a hot poker up his ass repeatedly. Uh, it's You always want to heat up the poker. Um, a cold poker does not slide into the rectum effectively. Um, I'm still not convinced uh, he wouldn't have enjoyed it. Deepest, darkest secrets. I was terrified that I had made a huge mistake by having a child the first night we brought him home from the hospital. I even hated myself for thinking it, but it was my honest reaction to having what felt like an alien life form in our house. Uh, I forced, quote, forced my dog to look peanut butter uh, off my pussy when I was about 12 years old. I honestly had no idea how common this was before listening to your show. Um, we used to call this show the uh, peanut butter pussy hour, and then I decided that was probably a little too focused. Uh, so it really doesn't bother me as much now as it used to. Thank you. When I was between 10 and 15 years old, I had a girlfriend, we were the same age, who I would sleep over with a few times a year. Our parents were friends, and we lived a couple of hours apart. We would play what we called boyfriend-girlfriend at night in bed, where we would full-on make out and rub each other's uh, breasts and genitals. It never actually bothered me or was something I was ashamed of, but I always found it odd that I was always the boyfriend. I don't even know what the distinction was, as we would be doing identical things to each other. Um, sexual fantasies most powerful to you lesbian fantasies sometimes involving people I actually know usually involving a celebrity crush in my fantasies we are performing oral sex on one another and fingering each other slash using strap-ons on one another I like to give and receive threesomes two women one man also very equal opportunity all giving and receiving pleasure nothing really uh, kooky but almost always those situations Sharing this makes me feel a bit turned on, to be honest, not ashamed of it, and glad I have something I know I like, even if I wouldn't act on it now that I am uh, an old married lady with a kid. What, if anything, would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? I would tell my old boss that he is an alcoholic and for the sake of his daughter to get help. I know it wouldn't do any good, but it would feel good to say it to his face. What, if anything, do you wish for? A happy, healthy child, both mentally and physically. Have you shared these things with others? My husband knows all about my sexual past, fantasies, etc. He's very cool with it and doesn't judge me. My honesty even gave him the courage to tell me his fantasies, none of which he had ever shared with anyone before. That made me fall even more in love with him. Uh, this happened while we were still dating. Oh, that's beautiful. How do you feel after writing this stuff down? Pretty great. I didn't know how cathartic it would feel uh, to write about all the stuff my mom write all this stuff down about my mom, even after hearing other surveys that made the same statement. Isn't that amazing how the act of writing, um, I don't know, there's something weird uh, or awesome about um, when we physically engage in talking or writing that it has a different effect. Anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? Therapy is your friend. Antidepressants can be your friend. Don't be afraid or ashamed to give them a try. You are worth more than you'll probably ever give yourself credit for until you try one or both of the above. Thank you so much for that. This is from the Being Hospitalized survey filled out by um, a woman who calls herself Val. Um, 
Why were you hospitalized the first time I took all my medication and a bottle of sleeping pills? The second time I had a manic episode. Describe your experience. Uh, it was awful both times and I came out twice as damaged as when I went in. The first time I was 18 and the psych ward was connected to geriatrics so I was surrounded by old people that uh, needed help being fed. They sent me home highly over medicated and with no idea of how to cope. The second time I met a guy there and after being discharged we ran away from our parents together and flushed all our medication down the toilet. Thank you for that Val. Oh! You know what that sound means. It's time to give our sponsors a little bit of love. This, um, As I mentioned, um, this show is sponsored by Nature Box. And uh, let me tell you a little about this, uh, this awesome new monthly service. Uh, each month, you can get a, a box of uh, delicious snacks. Uh, and not just any snacks, they're the real deal. Uh, no high fructose corn syrup, no hydrogenated oils, uh, no artificial flavors or colors. Um, and the great thing ab about these is um, they ship them right to your house. Uh, I went on their website, and, and they did ship me about a half a dozen, and uh, I, I really, really enjoyed them, especially the dark cocoa almonds. Uh, it really should be delivered in a crack pipe. But I want to read you uh, some of, they have almost a hundred, actually it might even be a hundred, um, different snacks and flavors. They have sweet, they have savory, but I just want to read you some. They're so creative. Uh, citrus chipotle chickpeas, praline pumpkin seeds, harvest rice sticks, whole wheat apple pie figgy bars. That was actually my damn when I was a male dancer. Didn't make much money, though, because usually by the time the guy was done introducing me to center stage, uh, the name was so long that the club had uh, closed. I don't think that joke was wordy enough. Uh, seaweed rice pops, pistachio power clusters, toasted sesame sticks, sunshine chips, oat bran dipping sticks. Those are awesome. I had those and great uh, for uh, dipping and stuff. Oh, maybe that's why the word dipping is it's in the name. Fucking jackass. Uh, masa crisps, Fuji apples, Akai berry crunch, peanut butter nom noms. Crun uh, cranberry almond bites. Uh, this one I gotta try. Salted caramel pretzel pops. Holy mother of God. Why didn't they send me that one? The bastards. Honey mustard dipping sticks. Uh, everything bagel sticks. Oh, I want to try that one too. Um, baked sweet potato fries. Um, French toast granola. Oh man, I'm getting hungry just reading these. And that there, there's so many other ones, but I think that gives you a good idea of the awesome uh, selection of these of these snacks. Um, so uh, go to naturebox.com with promo code Happy Hour and get not ten, not twenty, fifty percent off your first box. It's time to get snacks that you can feel good about at naturebox.com with promo code. Happy hour. Thank you, Nature Box. And I also want to give some uh, some love to our, our other sponsor, Daily Burn. Uh, it's an awesome website. They have uh, online workout videos featuring a variety of programs uh, from Tabata to interval training to yoga. It's super convenient. You can decide to work uh, with or without equipment. 
uh, with programs ranging from 15 minutes to an hour. If you decide you want to work uh, out for 24 straight hours because you're an obsessive compulsive, you could just play the programs back to back and then you could go uh, binge eat and then stare at a wall. They don't recommend that, but I'm just putting that in there. You can access your workout from anywhere. You can connect across multiple devices like Roku, iPad, iPhone, and soon uh, PS3 and Xbox. And just for mental illness, happy hour users get the first 30 days free when you go to dailyburn.com slash happy hour. So you got nothing to lose. Go try it. 30 days free. Dailyburn.com slash happy hour. Daily Burn, the best fitness anywhere. So grateful to to the sponsors for uh, supporting this show. Please um, go to those websites and, and and check them out. This is from the Struggle in a Sentence survey filled out by a guy who calls himself Black Eyed Dog about his alcoholism and drug addiction. He writes, "My medicine and swamp." That's such a so succinct about his OCD. The remembrance of the days of kindergarten manifested in a game of disassociating. About his PTSD, the betrayal of trust and safety lurking above every person I'm hoping to make a friend. Wow. That is so articulate. This is from the Shame and Secret survey filled out by a woman who calls herself Naive Orleans. Uh, She is straight in her 20s, raised in a stable and safe environment, but consistently childhood abuse, possibly not so. Um, she was the victim of sexual abuse and never reported it. I know this counts as sexual abuse, but I'm constantly putting it down in my mind as possibly not real. After struggling with depression and anxiety for seemingly no apparent reason for years, uh, one day at the end of my first semester of college, I was hit with these flashbacks of being molested as a child. These flashbacks are quick, so I still barely have any details about it. The memories uh, being real, answer a lot of questions I had. Why I was depressed, my fear of intimacy, why I jump and scream when someone taps me on the shoulder. But still a little voice in my head tells me my mind could just be making it up. I just want to send some love to people who don't know if their memories are real or not. What a mind fuck. What a mind fuck that is. And um, I think there are a few things that probably make you feel as alone as, as that. So I just want to send you a hug. Have you ever been physically uh, or emotionally abused? Uh, no to, to both of those. Uh, any positive experiences with your abuser? I still don't know who my abuser is, but there is a person in my extended family that I feel particularly uncomfortable around, and I fear my abuser is still around in my life. Deepest, darkest thoughts. Suicide, though I'm less ashamed about this one. Deepest, darkest secrets. I've written about uh, my abuse to people, written to my therapist, what my flashbacks consisted of. I assume your therapist must be out of town or that was part of a writing exercise, Uh, but never spoken it out loud. I know speaking these things out loud brings freedom, but I haven't been uh, able to do it. Oh, that's why you're writing it to to your therapist. I frequently debate doing this, but can't figure out who I trust enough to tell it to. I don't know if there's anyone in my life that I trust enough to want to speak about remembering uh, being molested. I want to encourage you to to do that. Uh, the other thing that that I've discovered is saying it out loud to that person um, is 
you know, it's the opposite of having, assuming it's a safe person, it's the opposite of having your trust violated. It's, it's having your trust, um, I don't know what the word is, but you know the word I'm looking for, um, having your trust validated. And it's an awesome experience. It, um, there's times that I, I've shared stuff with people that it's brought me to tears to see them um, look me in the eye and see me and hear me. So I really recommend it. Sexual fantasy is most powerful to you. Though intimacy is one of my greatest fears, I still have sexual fantasies of rape, which I understand is kind of common thing, but it feels so wrong considering sexual trauma. It makes me frustrated that I can't feel intimacy towards people, but have sexual fantasies in the safety of my mind. Well, maybe that's that's one of the explanations right there, because it's safe in your mind. Um, I used to, I've shared this before, but I used to have a fantasy when I was in high school uh, and I started smoking weed of being able to smoke weed in a plexiglass bubble floating in the ocean during a storm. And I think it was my way of saying, yeah, I want to experience this chaos and this pain and this overwhelming fear, but I want to be as close to it and as safe from it as humanly possible. What, if anything, do you wish for? Oh, what would if, would you like to say to somebody that you haven't been able to? I want to talk to my mom about my abuse. I want to tell her about my anger towards her for not protecting me. I just don't want to hurt her, don't want to blame her, and don't want her to blame herself. Well, what about starting off by reading exactly what you wrote, you know, or reading this survey to her? What about that? If she's a, If she's a good mom, she'll understand where you're coming from and she'll be able to take her ego out of the equation. Um, what if anything do you wish for and you know and, and parents can't protect their children at, at every moment so um, she could be an awesome mom and still not have been there when somebody took advantage of you um, what if anything do you wish for a healthy positive romantic relationship with a good guy um, have you shared these things with others if not why if so how did it go nope I never voiced my wishes and wants because it makes me it makes for more disappointment uh, if and when they don't come true. I also feel embarrassed about wanting things, I guess as if I don't deserve to have wants and wishes. That's another thing that's really common with people who've been sexually abused is um, self-care. You know, we wind up abandoning ourselves. How do you feel after writing these things down? Answering the previous question was the first time I identified that I have embarrassment about wanting things rooted in not feeling deserving of it. Is there anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? I haven't yet found the other side, but a year ago I was overwhelmed with the flashbacks and swallowed the rest of the bottle of Ativan. I'm not sure if that was a suicide attempt, but either way, looking back on it, I'm glad I survived. And I'm glad that I know about the abuse now because it has helped me finally being able to deal with the root of many issues. Thank you for sharing that. That must have been a hard thing to, uh, to fill out. This is from the Struggle in a Sentence survey filled out by a guy who calls himself uh, Zach about his uh, depression. He writes, my depression makes me feel like someone is slowly taking things from me until all I have left is my bed. Oh my God, do I relate to that. That is so descriptive about his anxiety. My anxiety makes me feel like I'm on fire, but I need to convince myself and everyone around that it's not a big deal. OCD, my OCD makes me feel like every what if 
is a certainty and my negligence will destroy everything I care about. Wow, you are really good at describing things, Zach. Thank you for that. This is from the Shame and Secret Survey filled out by, let me see how we are on time. Wow, time is flying by. This is from the Shame and Secret Survey filled out by a woman who calls herself Castro. She is uh, bisexual in her 30s, raised in a slightly dysfunctional environment. My mother suffers with depression, my father with anxiety disorder. My sister and I also have anxiety issues. Never been sexually abused, been emotionally abused. I have an emotionally abusive narcissistic sister. She is emotionally abusive to my entire family, and we are all paralyzed to stand up to her, and she will threaten to harm herself or cause such a scene that we end up trying to pacify her just to make it all stop. Any positive experiences with the abuser, she can be very loving at times and can also be kind. Deepest, darkest thoughts, leaving everyone behind and just starting again somewhere else. I've looked up apartments and prices in other cities and imagined leaving my partner. Darkest secrets, I've pursued my brother-in-law and tried to initiate a relationship with him. I've texted him flirtatiously and imagined having an affair with him. I think I would have an affair if the opportunity presented itself. Sexual fantasies most powerful. Lately, I've imagined having sex with my brother-in-law a lot. I've never been with a man, and I imagine what that would be like. What would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? I'd drive to Atlanta where my sister lives, and I'd tell her that she is the most selfish person I've ever met. I'd tell her that she sucks the good out of everything. I'd tell her that she has caused such unhappiness in our lives and has made me wish that I was an only child. I'd tell her that the pressure she puts on me sometimes makes me want to drive my car into a truck. I couldn't tell her any of this because she would freak out. She would make me feel so bad and so anxious and make me think she was going to harm herself. She would make my life not worth living, so I continue to interact with her with a smile on my face, even though she is toxic to me. I think everybody listening to this is thinking to themselves, then why not cut contact with her? If she's not somebody who can handle you sharing your feelings um, and you are unable to be around her and not feel you know, that she, the, the effect that she has on you, cut contact with her. You know, that, that's what I did with my mom. I couldn't not feel these things being around her. You know, I couldn't let it roll off my back. So the, you know, the next option is to extricate myself from the situation. That's just a sensible thing to do. And uh, maybe she needs to have people cut her out of her life for her to realize that she needs to change. What, if anything, do you wish for? I wish for a feeling of peace. I'm sick of feeling crap and incomplete and less than. I'm sick of feeling like I can see behind the curtain at the machinery of life. I wish I didn't feel like every day was just a meaningless uh, march towards death. Um, I wish I didn't. There should be a children's song called that, The Meaningless March Towards Death. Wouldn't that be awesome if in the middle of a kid's show, somebody, William, William uh, Burroughs came and read a poem called The Meaningless March Towards Death. Oh, would I pay to see that. And the camera is only on the faces of the children. And and the and it's split screen with parents behind a plexiglass window who can't get to their children to remove them from the room. That is so awful. I am a terrible person. Um. What if anything do you wish for? I wish for a peeling. 
Oh, did I just read that? I think I didn't. Yes, I did read that. Um, oh, I don't think I finished it. The, uh, mar- the uh, meaningless march towards death. I wish I didn't feel so insecure and detached and alone. I wish I could get back in touch with me instead of the shell of who people think I am. Uh, if you share these things with others, I try to share these things with my partner, but she trivializes and tries to fix me. Oh, that is annoying. I feel like it's a waste of time talking to anyone about how I feel. I've never met anyone who actually cares enough to really listen and understand me. I've always felt there is no point in sharing how I really feel. Man, if if you could find the right support group, you would find people that listen and that aren't try, going to try to fix you, but you know, maybe gently share their stories and what worked for them. That That has been the most soothing thing for me. Because there's nothing more annoying than somebody trying to fix you when you just want to be heard. And maybe share with your partner, um, I know you want to try to make this right, but I just really need to feel feel heard because I'm feeling really alone and, and empty and I need to get this off my chest. How do you feel after writing these things down? The same, I think. I haven't written anything here that I don't think about a lot. Anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or feelings, I'd like to say that I'm here too. I know what it's like. Oh, that's so sweet. Maybe join the forum. You know, connecting with other people who share similar things, um, that's a good, safe way to ease into it. Can I just give a shout-out to Mo, who runs the forum? What an awesome guy. And uh, and there's other people who are really active in it that I just um, think the world of. This is from the What Has Helped You survey, filled out by, oh, our friend Black Eyed Dog. Um who, whose issue is dealing with any other humans on a personal level and what has helped him to remind myself of the borders of myself and the other persons not to let others or myself disrespect those borders of respect for one another and be able to sympathize uh, with the others sympathize the other's mind and opinion which often seems like a mystery that's worth discovering this is from the being hospitalized survey filled out by um, a woman who calls herself Linus. Um, why were you hospitalized? I w- uh, and she is uh, in her 50s. Why were you hospitalized? I was hospitalized after a suicide attempt in the wake of my husband's three-year affair. It was about a month after my personal D-Day that I realized I had had enough and I would rather be dead than continue to live with such pain. I lost hope. After a terrible experience with our first marriage counselor and in an impulsive moment of despair, I decided to die. As a result of my suicide attempt, I spent 10 days in a psych ward. Describe your experience. I was in a fog or a shock for the first four days. It was a helpless feeling to be in a place where your access to things like razors and hair dryers is strictly controlled, where the room is designed to protect you, even to the point where the shower has a special minimally protruding design so that someone can't hang herself on the nozzle. Even the toilet paper doesn't have a rack. The roll fits into a niche niche uh, on the wall. Shoelaces are gone. Um, makeup that has any metal components, such as the metal trays holding eyeshadow in plastic cases, is not allowed. Books with dark themes are not allowed. Ink pens are not allowed. Even the page marker in my blank journal got ripped out because it was almost long enough to wrap around my neck. I guess they had a lot of people who tried to hang or choke themselves, question mark. Yeah, I would say so. 
I mostly went to meetings and slept. Meetings were a bit of a trigger for me. As the child of an alcoholic stepfather, to have to sit in group sessions with people who reeked of alcohol coming out of their pores. Such a familiar and horrid smell. I mouth-breathed through all sessions. It was interesting talking with other people in their own pits of despair. Um, if It was surprising that my husband was a sobbing mess. I didn't think he cared that much anymore. Uh, I also took the rapid eye movement desensitization class, which was moving and interesting, but it felt like it just stirred up emotions without providing direction for me. The group sessions uh, where I got to tell my story helped more than any one-on-one sessions, which seemed perfunctory. I got more help out of weekly sessions and a good counselor after I got out, like most patients. I was required to set up appointments with a psychiatrist and a psychologist before I could be discharged. I went to the hospital because I had no choice after the police came to talk me down from the bedroom where I'd first tried to kill myself with a pistol, uh, and she puts in parentheses, wrong size bullets, and then cutting my wrists in the tub. Couldn't quite work up the courage for more than a shallow nick. Police came because I had texted my husband to tell him goodbye and told him to please find me before our daughter did, and then I stopped responding to calls and texts. Husband... Still has my suicide note, a goodbye note from my daughter. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, any comments to make the podcast better? Allow pauses. Sometimes you talk over people or you rush to fill silences that would have given your guests a moment to think of answers. I get the feeling you're trying to help, but it's annoying. I've gotten that one before. Um, this is from the What Has Helped You survey filled out by Ruby, um, and she writes uh, about her depression, anxiety, compulsive overeating to the point of getting sick. What helps? I love searching for and finding new music that I love. I can spend hours sampling music playlists on iTunes and Spotify looking for my next favorite song. Yoga has also helped me find a mind and body connection that opened my heart to the possibility that God or a higher power really does exist. I used to be a smug atheist, and whether it's true or not, it feels better to me to just believe in my version of God. Also, my dogs are a great comfort and source of joy. I love them more than anything. Finally, humor also helps, always helps. Even though it involves a victim and is quite immature, I love listening to recordings of prank calls. I, then I highly recommend you go check out Phil Hendry. He's been a, a, a guest on this show, and he's a comedy hero of mine. His last name is spelled H-E-N-D-R-I-E, and he has a website. Uh, I subscribe to it. It's five bucks a month, and um, it is a literally day's worth of um, recorded phone calls. He what he does is he he does voices and characters and he fakes phone calls to himself as characters with inflammatory stances on topics that are in the news and then he moderates between unsuspecting people calling in thinking that character is real and himself as the host and he slowly reels them in and it's it's genius and um it's well worth the five bucks a month. There, there are a few things that make me laugh as hard as that. So go check out uh, Phil Hendry. Just do a search on his name. And um, uh, his website, I think, might be the philhendryshow.com. Um, and occasionally he'll put um, some episodes up free on iTunes. But, um, they're, yeah, just go listen. 
This is from the Shame and Secret survey filled out by a woman who calls herself everyone's therapist. She is bisexual in her 20s, raised in a totally chaotic environment. Ever been the victim of sexual abuse? Yes, and I never reported it. I was sexually abused by my stepdad when I was five years old. I know the abuse was ongoing, but I don't remember how long it went on. I think it was about three years. My memories are so hazy and childlike that it's hard for me to make a coherent narrative from them. Sometimes I feel absolutely certain that my memories are true, that my body remembers the truth, and other times I doubt that anything happened at all. I just wish I could feel one way and stop the roller coaster of uncertainty. That is that is a way that I've described going back and forth between feeling like, am I just being a baby and exaggerating, or is this something I deserve to, to feel upset about? Uh, my feelings were strong enough for me to call several social workers to investigate my stepdad because my little brother still lives with him and I worry every day that he's being harmed and cannot advocate for himself. The social workers keep closing his case because there is no proof of abuse, but I am determined to continue to do what I can to ensure his safety. Uh, she has been both physically and emotionally abused. My mom is really unpredictable and alternates between sweet and harmless to raging and violent. We never knew what would provoke her anger. She used to call the cops on me and my older sister and even went so far as to press charges against me saying I was abusing her. The judge ruled in my favor and at 16 I moved out. She doesn't understand why I don't talk to her or visit her on holidays. I feel compassion for her because of her own history of abuse, but I also feel that I must protect myself from her. Good for you. Um, any positive experiences with your abusers? Yes, my stepdad and I used to play catch. He was there for me in a way my biological father never was. I also remember having good talks on car rides with my mom. One time we took a road trip to New Orleans, and the best part was being in the car and learning more about her. Darkest thoughts. I think about poisoning my stepdad. He was almost 70 and very weak, so if I did it right, it would look like he was continuing to wither away. I also think about a different man who manipulated me into having sex on video with him for money, but he never paid me and generally treated me horribly. Um, uh, he had all the practice talent of a con man. I think about going back in time and hurting him very badly and or verbally abusing him when he suggested sex and most importantly letting him know I am too smart to be duped. The truth is that my intuition was screaming that he was a bad man but I didn't listen. I wish I could go back in time and trust myself. Deepest darkest secrets. My biggest secrets are about times in the very recent past that I've been sexually harmed by several men on separate occasions who are twice my age or older. I feel so much shame for letting these things happen and for telling those men for letting those men come into my life. I'm starting to see that I was recreating my trauma and that their bad behavior isn't my fault. Still I've never told anyone the whole story about those men because I feel ashamed for my role in it. Sexual fantasy is most powerful. Uh, I fantasize about power dynamics where I am not in control. My go-to fantasy is being spanked. My fantasies worry me because I'm afraid that fetishizing an action like spanking is a way of disassociating from sex. I have a hard time with the vulnerability and intimacy of sex, and I worry that I escape through fantasy rather than feeling my feelings and being with my partner in the moment. What, if anything, would you like to say to someone you haven't? I want to let my stepdad know that I remember what he did and tell him he won't get away with it. I want to tell my mom that she should have been looking out for me. 
What do you wish for? More than anything, I want custody of my brother. I miss him so much and worry every day that he's being harmed. I feel guilty for leaving him in that house without an ally or someone to protect him. I also wish I were better at advocating for myself, especially speaking up when someone crosses a boundary. Have you shared these things with others? I have a wonderful, open, loving partner who knows more about me than anyone. They don't know everything because I still protect some of my shameful secrets, but I feel that our relationship continues to feel safer, more open, and more loving, and that eventually I will feel so safe and held that I will be able to share it all. You sound like you're heading in the right direction. Um, How do you feel after writing these things down? Better, lighter. I feel like a part of a community of people in recovery and that we are all on the way to figuring out how to feel okay about being ourselves. Is there anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? Running from your past is exhausting. Give yourself a break. Tell your story to someone safe. If you don't have someone safe, be safe for yourself. Wow, you have such great things to to share. Thank you. Thank you for that. This is from the Awful Some Moments survey. I get a little giddy every time I get get to one of these. Um, She writes, uh, My first boyfriend was kind of a bastard, as was my second, my third, my fourth. I believe I've got some sort of a pattern here. He cheated on me and made me feel absolutely horrible for the six weeks we were together before he broke up with me because his ex-girlfriend had just returned from Europe. Uh, He was definitely a keeper, huh? Even though he was dating his ex, he kept messing with my head, stumbling through my door at night, absolutely wasted, high as a kite, and waxing on and on about how much he cared about me. This went on for months. I couldn't get over him. I listened to Samson by Regina Spector and wrote the most ridiculous, angsty poetry ever. I would spend hours and hours with that song on repeat, crying and wondering what the hell was wrong with me. Finally, I decided that I would not listen to that song again until I was completely over the jerk. I went eight months without listening to it. Then something changed. He decided that he wanted to try a relationship again. By this time, I was over him, but curious to see what would happen. I'm a sucker for abuse. Being abused is what makes me feel special. However, I am in the process of conquering my martyrdom complex. So, goaded on by my curiosity, I agreed to one date. He took me to his favorite childhood park. He brought a blanket, a picnic, and his guitar. The sprinklers came on, and we had to run to my house to change into pajamas. Then we went to my favorite park and finished the picnic. After the last piece of pineapple had been eaten, he pulled out his guitar, and he played me Samson, the song I swore I'd never listened to again until I was over him. He had no idea it had been my sad song, that I had spent months listening to this song, thinking about him, and feeling worthless. But there he was, sitting under the stars, next to the... uh, to the slide and playing it for me. I took it as a sign from the universe that I should probably stop being curious and just tell him to fuck off, which I did. (laughs) It's so awesome. This is from the body shame survey filled out by uh, a woman who calls herself Kay. And she is uh, bisexual and in her 20s. And she writes, I'm a bearded lady 
factor due to PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. I grow dark, excessive hair and male growth patterns, mostly on my face. I shave every day, sometimes twice a day, and cake on the makeup, but I end up with a five o'clock shadow by the end of the night. I'm pretty sure that if I let it grow, I could have a formidable beard. Very few people have said anything to me about it, but I feel like everybody can see it, but they are just trying to be polite by pretending they don't notice. I present fairly butch and wear almost exclusively men's clothing, so I am read as male fairly often in my daily life. I've been asked if I was transitioning before. Sometimes I think it would be easier to just present as male, but I don't actually identify as male, so it feels like an insult to the trans community. Even if I did, I wouldn't want a beard anyway, because now they disgust me. I'm afraid to spend late nights out because of this. I had an intentional... Uh, international flight recently and frantically went to the bathroom to reapply makeup every two hours because I was afraid my friend would notice my stubble. It's a very major factor in why I'm afraid to date. As a teen, I had severe cystic acne. The hair growth started very shortly after my acne cleared up, so I've never, ever felt attractive. I feel like a bridge troll who is unworthy of affection or attention from others. I don't even care that I'm chubby or anything else because nobody will even notice that because they're too busy staring at the hair on my chin. Okay, I just want to send you a big, big, big warm hug. This is from the Awfulsome Moments survey filled out by uh, Ruby. And she writes, when I was still drinking in my 20s, I once came out of a blackout on a mattress outside of a church next to a couple of middle-aged homeless men. I was scared they'd taken advantage of me, but soon realized they'd been taking care of me. I had no shoes on, no wallet or cell phone, and no way to get back home. I begged for change until I made enough money to get a cab home. With the extra change, I bought breakfast for the guys as a thank you. We sat and had croissants together, and then I went home. I got sober a few years later. I've always wondered how those guys are doing. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. This is from the Shame and Secret survey filled out by Lulu, who is straight in her 30s, raised in a slightly dysfunctional environment, was the victim of sexual abuse and never reported it. When I was around eight to 10 years old, I was molested by an older cousin. He didn't have sex with me, but basically did everything else. This happened a couple of times, and then his brother also molested me. A boy from the neighborhood knew about the first instance, and he told some other kids about it. He made it sound like I wanted it, so I was made fun of and called a lot of nasty names. Oh, that is just horrible. I'm so sorry. I was so ashamed that these kids made me feel like I did something wrong. I never reported it because I felt uh, like I somehow deserved what happened to me. You ever been physically or emotionally abused? Been emotionally abused. I was in a very verbal, emotionally, and me mentally abusive marriage. I stayed with him because I didn't feel as if I deserved any better. He was a drunk that would grab my stomach and call me fat, along with a lot of horrible names. He would yell at me daily and constantly accuse me of cheating on him. He would time my trips to the grocery store, and if I took too long, there was a barrage of insults awaiting when I walked in the door. He would keep me awake at night, yelling at me and slamming the bedroom door until I would lock him out. He made me feel so small that I didn't think I could make it on my own, so I stayed. Finally, one day I couldn't handle it anymore and moved out while he was at work. I got away from him, but I seemed to get into dysfunctional relationships. I've been with my boyfriend for a year and a half, and we have 
have only had sex once in the last year. I love him dearly, but I feel my spirit being broken more and more each day. I feel like a hideous monster that is incapable of being loved or desired. I believe that maybe I deserve to be in these situations. You don't. Uh, I am lost inside of myself with nowhere to turn. It has to get better, right? Yes, it can get better. Uh, Any positive uh, experiences with the abuser? There is nothing positive about any of it. And Get out of it. Get out of it. And if you don't know how to get out of it, go to um, a women's shelter. They will help you. Deepest, darkest thoughts. I've always wanted to dump all of my ex-husband's liquor out and fill the bottles with poison. His liquor of choice was vodka, and I did pour a whole bottle out and fill it with water shortly before I left him. Darkest secrets. I would post and respond to ads on Craigslist for sex. Uh, Craigslist for sex. It made me feel desired and attractive for a brief moment. I would meet up with these men and fulfill their needs and mine without judgment gave me a chance to feel sexy and I didn't have to be ashamed or called names afterwards. It made me feel a little less broken for a short time. Sexual fantasies, most powerful to you. I want to be in a threesome with two men to just be used as they want and let them have their way with me. I crave rough, passionate, raw sex. I also want to be with another woman, someone who knows my body as good as or better than me. I want to explore another woman's body. What would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? I would like to tell my parents that I love them both and hope that they could, they would say it back. Both my parents have passed away and I don't recall hearing the words, I love you as a child. Maybe they just thought that I knew. Have you shared your feelings with others? No, I don't want people to see how fucked up and shattered I really am inside. I think I do a good job of hiding it. That is its own prison. Not wanting people to see how fucked up and shattered we are. That can be the pipeline to intimacy, is finding that safe person and letting them know how we feel. How do you feel after writing these things down? Sad. I realize how big of a mess I am and how much garbage bounces around in my head. Is there anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? No, I don't even know what to do with myself. Sending you a hug. This is from the What Has Helped You survey, filled out by a guy who calls himself Star Guts. Uh, his issues are depression, mania, and anxiety. I seem to be in a state of one of these most of the time. Um, those periods of normalcy that decide to crash at my place really makes me pissed off at those who possess consistent mental clarity. I feel like my reservoir for the mental tasks of being a human being is limited as my brain uses much of its resources creating distractions, be they good or bad. What helps? Music. I cannot imagine a world where it doesn't exist for truly that is what hell is like. Uh, I always seem to know exactly what to listen to to complement and or augment whatever given state I'm in. Also singing with full abandon, not caring how my voice sounds, just fully from the heart. I find this typically difficult to do, so when it happens, it's gold. I feel so beautifully organic, and all of the right-brained analytical thinking can't stand amidst all the vibration. That is when I am 100% me. Thank you for that. Let's see. This is from the Shame and Secret survey filled out by a guy who calls himself Shepard. He is straight, 
I was celibate for 10 years until my most recent relationship. He's in his 30s, raised in a totally chaotic environment, uh, was the victim of sexual abuse and never reported it, and also experienced some stuff that he wasn't sure counts as sexual abuse. I remember an adult at daycare showing me a dead frog that traumatized me for years. My mother later told me that adults will show dead animals to children to scare them into silence regarding sexual abuse. Wow, that is fucked up. I have a memory that I don't know if it's real, but it feels real. I remember my stepfather forcing me to perform sexual acts on my toddler sister, touching her genitals. I have also memories of him filming me naked, telling me to touch myself slash masturbate on camera. Like I said, I don't know if it actually happened, but I am terrified that I was forced to molest my sister, and I am also ashamed about it. I asked my mother about it a few years ago, and she didn't believe me. I feel disgusted at myself and feel like he tried to turn me into a child molester. I hope you're talking to somebody about this. That is a lot to have on your plate. Um... I was the whipping boy in my family. My stepfather physically abused me until I was bigger than he was. He used to throw me into walls. He pulled me down off my bunk bed and nearly dislocated my arm. The last time he laid a hand on me, I was 14 and almost snapped my arm in half. Once I was bigger than him, the physical abuse switched to emotional abuse, threatening to emancipate me and turn me over to the state when I didn't obey his orders. Whenever I would call him out on the abuse, he would pick up the phone, recite the child abuse hotline number, and say, go ahead, call. I wish that I had, and maybe my family would be less fucked up. Do not blame yourself. Uh, he showed me the horror series The Stepfather when I was little. The killer always walks away from the murdered family whistling Camp Town Races, and for years my stepfather would walk around walk around whistling the song and sneering at me. Oh my God, what a fucking sadist. Any positive experiences with the abuser? None. He was charming with others. Everyone in the community thought he was a great guy, but he was as close to evil as I have ever seen in real life. Deepest, darkest thoughts that I will turn into my stepfather. I almost hit my little sister when I was 20, then stopped at the last minute. The look on her face haunts me to this day. Well, it's clear that you are not your stepfather. Your stepfather is so far beyond that. I will never have children because I want his legacy of pain to end with me. I will never hurt a child. And if I knew I could get away with killing him, I probably would. God, I think all of us... You know, I feel like we want to kill that fucking guy. Deepest, darkest secrets. I tried to kill myself a few years ago. It's not a secret from my family, but I don't talk about it with my friends, both old and new. There was also the incident that I don't know if it happened, cited above with a molestation. Sexual fantasy is most powerful to you. Uh, I was celibate for so long and have only resumed sexual activity in the past few months. I'm with a wonderful woman. Uh, and the only fantasy I have is to have sex with her and come inside her while I look her in the eyes, just to be loved and feel safe. No judgment, just to be with someone who will accept me as I am. I have no shame about this fantasy. It seems pretty vanilla as far as I can tell. Man, you sound so much healthier than you think you are. You have been through so much. You have an incredible spirit. And uh, I just want to hug you. What, if anything, would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? I waited for years to reconnect with my best friend from high school. 
She was abused as well and was my survival buddy. She killed herself two summers ago and I never got back in touch with her to thank her for accepting me and being there through dark times. What, if anything, do you wish for? To never relapse again. To have enough money uh, that I never have to struggle financially, but not so much that I become a prick. Have you shared these things with other, with, oh, with my therapist? Good. So glad you're in therapy. Uh, and we've talked it through. I can't get closure regarding my friend's suicide, but I had, uh, I have a relapse prevention plan. How do you feel after writing these things down? About 50 pounds lighter and heavier at the same time. What would you like to share to, with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? That recovery is possible. It just takes so fucking long. If your therapist is a dick, get a new one. If your prescriber makes you uneasy with their med suggestions, get a second opinion. Just don't give up. Wise words. Wise, wise words. This is from the What Has Helped You survey, filled out by Britt. Uh, her issues are sexual, verbal, emotional abuse from multiple family members, bipolar disorder, and anorexia. And what helps her? Running, yoga, Pilates, meditation, deep breathing, being grateful for what I have, um, and the people I love, patience with myself and others. This uh, is from the Happy Moment survey, filled out by a woman who calls herself Nicole, and she writes, the day before my first appointment with the psychologist, standing on the balcony looking in the moon, I was physically overcome with a sensation I eventually recognized as hope. It had been so long, I cried. Wow. Thank you for that. And we're going to end with an awfulsome moment um, filled out by a woman who calls herself Fifth Sonata. Uh, she is very active in the forum, and I want to thank her for um, being such a good supporter of the show. Um, her awfulsome moment. This happened while I was in the loony bin. It was my second night. I hadn't spoken to any therapist. I hadn't slept for two days, no shower, no nothing. I was beached on a chase, basking in a nice mix of humiliation and depression, and an old man with a walker slowly made his way to sit on the couch. About an hour later, a nurse popped out and went to talk to the old man. I caught bits and pieces of the conversation while lost in my own fog. He was diabetic, and I believe he had Alzheimer's. Five minutes later, I heard the old man begin to scream, I ain't eating no fucking pudding. You're a diabetic. You need to keep your blood sugar stable. You know uh, that you need either to eat a snack or we'll have to give you an IV. I'll take that fucking IV and jam it up your fucking pee hole. Okay, is this your choice? You want to fight with us to keep you healthy? No, you and your little midget minions are doing the work of the devil. I'll stick my dick in the pudding and you can eat it. She sat there for a minute holding the pudding. She opened the lid and ran the pudding lid under his nose, allowing him to smell it. He sat there, then stood up. By George, that's butterscotch. He took the, pe the pudding and began to pour it in his mouth. The nurse walked away, and all the staff were doing their best to hold in laughter. Meanwhile, all of us patients were in hysterics. Another woman, who appeared to be the same age, came to sit next to him. She leaned close and quietly spoke in his ear. Ezra, do you really need to make a scene every time? Yes. When I do, instead of bringing me that crap tapioca, they bring me butterscotch. That was when I finally laughed. 
What an awesome, awfulsome moment. Thank you for that. And thank you guys for being a part of this community we're building. Um, I... Uh, Oh, I forgot to do the whole thing about supporting the show. Uh, just go to the website. You can support it financially. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much for listening. I hope, um, and please support our sponsors. Um, I hope if you're listening, uh, you got a little more hope. It took you out of your, your head for a little while. Um, and it reminded you that you are not alone. And thank you so much for listening. Everybody I know is bizarrely beautifully Everybody fucked up in some weird way. Bizarrely beautifully fucked up in some weird way. Bizarrely beautifully fucked up in some weird way.